0: Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle on CMO ESPN Radio. You can find us at 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at cmoesbn.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolden, inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's our huddle hotline number. You want to get involved. It's powered by EBOMD. 573 334 three, Five, three, three, two, two, The Huddle Hotline, courtesy of EBOMD. Jess Boland in the house. Got your uh, David Freeze Championship pullover on today.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a warm shirt. Uh, it's not to be tucked in not, like that kind of shirt. I don't know what you call it. Fleece? But it's really warm. And it's only, well, I guess it's going on 13 years old, isn't it? (laughs) No, 2011. But um, I don't wear clothes out very much for some reason. Of course, I got about... What do you wear out normally? 150 shirts. Yeah. And I got about 15 jackets. And I even gave... I think five jackets to our annual drive, you know, for coats for kids, that kind of thing. And um, still got about 15, so I'll be tapping that one again. When's that going to be, do you know? Coming Uh, up, the radio.
0: We just had it.
1: Oh, my. Well, I can still give them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. uh,
0: Go by the Salvation uh, Army.
1: Yeah. So I go by the Salvation Army, give them a lot of things. And uh, I believe in that organization, of course. But how was your night? I didn't get to go to the game. Not good. I had commitments, but uh, I listened to much as I could and then listened to Coach Karn's interview that you did after the game. He wasn't too happy. I don't blame him. Um, you know, as a coach, and I'm pretty sure the majority of the coaches feel this way and maybe most all of them. When you got your team and you practice, you practice, you practice, and you know what you put on the floor, you got an expectation of what that club is capable of doing. And in your mind, you have a vision that this is the way we'll play if we do the right things. And when it happens, whether it's my team on baseball field or his on basketball court or football field, it doesn't matter. When you look at that team, you look at it a different way than maybe the fans are. Because you know the fundamental things that they have to do to be at the top of their game. You know how they got to do this and that. And uh, I don't think he was too happy with the execution of what he saw on the court. and uh, And I think that's kind of the way every coach feels. And it's not throwing blame on them or anything like this. They're just not performing the way a coach thinks they can perform. It's not saying they don't hustle. It's not that. A team could perform well and lose. But they perform well and they play up to their capabilities. They may be just playing a team that's better. So you don't always have to win to get a good grade from your coach the best game I ever our team ever played in our life in fifty years we lost. We lost. But we did everything right in that game. I couldn't think of a single mistake we made and it went extra innings went fourteen. But we didn't win. And that was I think that was the best game we ever played. And so I can understand Coach Carnes interview. You know, last night, I I could really understand it.
0: He was upset?
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think he made that clear.
0: It started out great because they unveiled the championship banners, the OVC championship banner, and then the NCAA tournament banner, two different brand-new banners. And you know the two banners that they had – From 99-2000. Those banners have been there since then. They're old. Um, They're very basic black with white letters on it. They got rid of those. And they got some new banners for the 99-2000 team that won the co-championship in the regular season, won the tournament, went to the NCAA. They got three new banners up there in addition to the championship banners from last year. And they brought back Chris Harris, the MVP of the OVC tournament. He was uh, standing up at the top of the steps up, you know, below where the banners hang in the Show Me Center. And he pulled down the rope to unveil both of the banners. Crowd started chanting MVP, so we got Chris on at halftime. Talked to him. Uh, He's got his bachelor's degree, his master's from um simo and so he is looking for a foothold in the business world he's got a business administration uh bachelor's degree and business and his master's degree so he'll be entering the business world he's in the um uh in the process of trying to figure out just exactly what direction he wants to go in business so we got a chance to talk to him so everything was great at the start of the evening and then, SEMO just, let's hope this is the only game that they play someone on their level, like Evansville, where they are not competitive. They were not competitive last night. You cannot make an argument that they were competitive. They were outscored in the paint, 52-22. to 22. It was a layup drill for Evansville, and simo has got some athletes and some size and um, you know, I know that disappointed Coach Corrin. and they can defend the rim better than they did
1: last night. Well, I think anytime you play a basketball game, and that's one of the area that you've got to really compete. I'm sorry, but you just do. You can't just have a team overpower you, and that's the way it's, it's it is. If you're losing in the paint, somebody's got a giant in there that plays above the rim too far, but. He can clean that up, I'm sure. I mean, there's things that that he can do. And I, like I said, I didn't see the game. But um, when you got a, a fundamental flaw with your team, regardless of what kind of team you got, at least you know what area you need to concentrate on to get better. And evidently, that's not the first game they've had trouble in the paint, is it? Then they have trouble in at least one other game out of the three.
0: Against Grand Canyon, they were outscored forty six twenty six in the paint. Yeah. Against Butler, they were outscored thirty six twenty-two in the paint. These are big numbers. They are and then outscored by thirty. In the paint. Now, Evansville's better, but, you know, it's still a team that went 1-19 in the Missouri Valley. They only won five basketball games last year. Now, they've got a lot of new players that are really good, especially this Ben hum- Uh He's an NAIA transfer from a college named Huntington University, and that guy hit 114 threes the last two years. nine shooter. He's really good. Uh, and he almost single-handedly lifted them to their season-opening win over Miami. He, he had 18 points. But all is he getting a lot of second half
1: paint points or yeah. shooting out?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he had seven field goals. Two were from for three. Five were right around the basket at six nine, and then they've got a six ten kid named Yassim Toomey, and he tied his career high with 20. And they were all layups last night. So. Coach Korn said that was as unbasketballish as I have seen us since I've been the head coach in four years here.
1: Yeah, he was thoroughly disappointed. And, and you know. I'm oh, just
0: quoting the coach. That's what he said. Yeah,
1: he didn't say anything that just pull out one player, you know, and, and focus in on him having a bad night or a couple guys. But uh, he made it pretty clear last night that. He really believes this team is a lot better than that. And um, like I said, coaches, you have a projection what you think a ball club should look like with the personnel you have. And when they go out there and they click, you really get a lot of satisfaction. But when they stumble and they don't play, you know, the way you think they should or the, the, the talent that they have. Then you kind of take it personal, to be honest with you, on your on your coaching and everything. You know, you, am I doing something I need to clean up? You know, I mean, it it puts doubt in your mind a little bit, and so I don't. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard Coach Gordon actually have that kind of uh, take on a ball game. Do you? I mean, it was. He wasn't satisfied whatsoever, and that's, that's a good thing. You shouldn't be satisfied if you're the coach. I mean, you know that team's capable a lot better. Like I said, it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to just glaringly lose in one area. And they evidently they lost the game in the paint.
0: So far, through three games, SEMO's given up 85 points per game. They're only scoring 60. So without their top three scores from last year, I know he said that he wasn't concerned about their offense. He felt they were going to get contributions and their offense would be fine. And it may be. But averaging 60 points and only scoring 57 last night, that's not good. And this free throw thing is a problem. They were 4-13 for 13 from the free throw line through three games, Jess. They are twenty-one of forty-five from the free-throw line. That is forty-seven percent. That's a that's a problem.
1: That's now it's early. In the,
0: it's an early in the season. You haven't played a conference game, but those are worrisome statistics.
1: Oh yeah, I, that's twenty-five percent less than you should be making. A good shooting team will make seventy-two. 70 minimum, 71, 72 would be acceptable, you know, and and you're shooting that percentage. I mean, yeah, it's a long ways from being acceptable. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, I think we've all had big turnovers. I remember with my team, we averaged 31 wins a year for 50 years. And... When I lost a bunch of people and had a bunch of young kids come on the team in '95, um, I struggled too at the beginning because you—they had the idea that you win one, lose one—that's fine. Come and have a good time, that kind of thing. Put that uniform on, you automatically go and win thirty to forty games. You know that kind of thinking, and when you lose the scoring talent that Simo lost, these new kids are—they're um, liable to come in and, and make that up completely by the season's end. But they go. Somebody's going to have to make it up, and you're going to have to—they know where they need to improve. The way you talk at the free throw line and in the paint, both. Maybe defensively, you can't give up 85 points a game either. No. So they got some work to do and still and, early.
0: And you've got guys who are really seeing their first division one experience. Now Rob Martin, he played in twelve games, limited minutes at Indiana State. So he's he's tasting division one basketball really for the first time. TJ Beal, new to Division One. I'm talking about starters here. Braxton Stacker. I mean, he barely got on the court at Murray State, new to Division One. Uh, then you've got David Idata, new to Division One,
1: and he didn't even play last year. No, so.
0: BJ Ward's a freshman. Gavin Elkamil didn't play a minute last year. Marquez Bell, new to Division One, and then Mason Handback, who gave you nine minutes last night. So you go down the list. You've got a Quan Smart starter who's a veteran, and he his turnovers are too high, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. Kobe Clark, who's coming back from a knee and a hand injury, so he's not 100% yet. But Kobe Clark, Adam Larson, he is a guy that has one year of experience under his belt, and he's been shooting the ball well, came into the game leading the OVC in three-point percentage. And then Evan Ursher got you know, more playing time as the season went along last year. So they're trying to gel all these guys who are trying to get a foothold at Division One, and they've gotten out of the gate slowly.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't mean they're going to finish slowly. You know what? They may finish up really well. It's a long season, um, and you hate to be judgmental on a team like and and they have all the things you just mentioned on that team. You know, the lack of playing time, the lack of Division One experience. That that shows you right there that automatically they're going to get better if they're competitors. You realize, an athlete realizes when he steps up the next level, no matter what kind of sport. And it doesn't take long for him to realize that, hey, I need to improve here, you know, and do it on their own without any coaching. It's just that pride in performance. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pride in performance. I ought to just leave. Best statement I made in two weeks.
0: The turnovers were too high. Think?
1: I'm asking for a little love here, a little support. Pride in performance. That's, don't you think that's good?
0: It's alliteration. Okay. <laughs> so, 18 turnovers last night. But here's the thing: every time they turn the ball over, shot. shot. Well, yeah. okay. If you turn the ball over 18 times and you don't count threes in there, the max you're going to score, if you scored on every 18 turnovers, 36 points. They had 29 points off turnovers. So when we say points in the paint, and they had 15 fast break points, what's that tell you? SEMO would turn the ball over, and Evansville took it and went and got a layup. That's the way it was. I mean, I I saw the game. So, uh, yeah, turnovers were big. You go to points in the paint, but points off turnovers, 29 to 11. 15-4 to fast break points, and most of those fast break points came on bad passes.
1: Well, it's actually more points than that because you had possession of the ball. So you're on the offense. And now once you've given up defensive points, in other words, you lose the ball, other team scores, so you would have scored on some of those possessions, surely, if you lost the ball that many times. So it's actually no way to figure it, but you know, they would have made, I mean, possessions you say? 18?
0: 18 turnovers.
1: 18, well, realistically, you'd think SEMO could score it on six or seven of those possessions that they don't give the ball up. So it's going two directions there, and not, it's not difficult for a team to big get a big lead when you're doing that.
0: Evansville. Made only four three-pointers. They didn't need to shoot threes because they were getting the ball to the rim. So that was a disappointing performance, to say the least. Discouraging performance. But again, uh, I don't know if people remember last year. SEMO had an eight-game losing streak last year. What happened? They won the tournament. They got hot. They gelled. The right time, four wins, four days, went to the tournament. Pulled down two banners last night. So, different team, new guys, trying to gel. I'm not going to overreact to one game. Now, we're going to know, in my opinion, a lot more about the Red Hawks after Monday night's home game against Central Arkansas. We're going to know, we're gonna, they're going to be working on tons of things as they break the film down for this game, and we will know more about the Red Hawks. And when you play a team that is not in your conference, okay, say you lose and you got thumped pretty good last night, who knows when you're getting another crack at that team? Well, through the fluke of the schedule, the Redhawks are going to a tournament in Chattanooga, the Coke Zero Sugar Classic, and in nine days they rematch with Evansville on a neutral court
1: in Chattanooga. It'll be interesting. Yes, I am. Um, I'm like you. I don't. I don't want to judge this team yet. You got to give them a little leeway when you got new faces and new system. You know, there's the thing, too. You know, every team's got their own system of play. Did the Red Redhawks play any zone it defense last night? No. It's all straight up? Well, that's something you might think of, too. A zone is kind of hard to score in the paint. You know, you can drop back and keep people out of there. Um, I don't know if he likes to play the zone. Some teams do and some teams don't. There were so there,
0: many times last night where... They would drop it low to a big man, and he would go in almost uncontested. And you would look at whoever the Redhawks post player was on that particular play, and they weren't close. So there's some schematic things there, and schematic things can be worked on, and schematic things can be cleaned up. And they got
1: film of the game too that they can watch, right?
0: They've got every angle conceivable. That's
1: always better too when you're coaching. Just stop it, stop the reel. No, I'm sure they don't. it's not a real... What they do is they cut it up. <laughs> yeah. So
0: they put it in, in different clips, and you may get 50 different clips, 50 different plays in the basketball game, and they video edit, and, you know, everybody can see everything. And then, you know, they can point the things out uh, when they're going over film together. But uh, Simo didn't have a play that scored double figures last I know.
1: Night. I heard you... Capsule report this morning, and two or three guys scored nine, but uh nobody scored double digits. That's a uh, that's an unusual game too, especially in Division One, that you have nobody score double digits, because it tells you right there you're not going to score many points. <laughs> Simple as that. Division One, I'd say you got eight, eight guys that's going to play a lot. When you say that's about true, and then. In certain games, you're going to dig down to nine and ten, and stuff like that. But um, so, if eight guys score nine, you know that's seventy-two. You can win with seventy-two, but um, not very often. You don't have somebody in double digits. Was the crowd? What was the crowd like last night? Just pretty good, decent crowd. Or- it was
0: decent? It was decent. 1,023. So you've got Central Arkansas. Um, they played a exhibition against Arkansas State. Exhibition. They lost by 35 points. They played Tulsa to open their season... They lost seventy to fifty-three. They beat this non-division one called Hendricks College. Then they lost at home to a swag school, Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's a bad loss. Yeah. So Central Arkansas isn't bringing a juggernaut in here, and despite what Evansville has done the last couple of years, and they have been bad. They are much better. Just you, just look at the talent. I mean, the OVC Freshman of the Year from last year from Eastern Illinois, name is Cameron Hafner. He scored ten last night. He transferred from Eastern Illinois here. I mean, that's a guy with a a full year of Division One experience under his belt. This House, the six nine shooter. Good lord, man, that guy is really good. I don't know why he wouldn't play in Division One basketball i don't know what his grade situation was with naia you know the threshold is much lower if you've got grade issues and i do not know that he had any but that guy is really really good they've got some guys that they have inserted here this antonio thomas their point guard Um, he had eight points four steals in the game they've got a kid from australia named joshua hughes who is really good uh, they've got a, a 50-year guy who's a shooter that led the Missouri Valley in three-point shooting last year. Uh, led the Valley. Conference games, three-point shooting percentage. They've got some pieces. They are much better this year. But still, I I, I just I can't believe they are outscored by 30 points in the paint last night. So it's one game, not going to overreact. They are 0-1 at home. They went 9-4 at the Show Me Center last year. Uh, They weathered an eight-game losing streak and came back and were the last team standing uh, in the OVC tournament at Evansville. So it's one game. You knew you weren't going to win your money games. Uh, I don't think any team in the OVC is going to Grand Canyon or Butler and winning. Okay? It's just the way it is. So now you've got plenty of time. Today's Thursday. You don't play again until Monday. When you play Central Arkansas, I am really, really interested to see what kind of a performance they put out for Coach Corn on Monday night against the Bears. Oh yeah, and I'm
1: sure it'll be better. I mean, uh, you know, it's not only the coach; the athletes got a lot of pride too. And when you're an athlete, you know when you're not doing the job, you when you're not playing well. So a lot of that pride will be to perform better the next game. That's just normal stuff. So they'd be a better team Monday. I don't have any doubts about that. Now, whether they're good enough to win, uh, that's always open for discussion. But uh, I'm not uh, not giving up on this team or nothing yet. That's for sure because I think, I believe in Coach Karn. I think he's a good basketball coach, and uh, he's got a good staff. So... When there's leadership at the top and you have some athletes, and I've not seen Southeast play, I'll be honest with you, yet, then you probably, they'll probably get the most out of these athletes before this year's over. So look for them to get better and better and reach close to their capabilities probably by three quarters into the year.
0: In the Atlantic Sun, the A-Sun, they don't call it the Atlantic Sun anymore. It's the A-Sun. There are 12 teams that play basketball. In the preseason coaches poll and the preseason media poll, Central Arkansas was picked dead last and dead last by a wide margin. So this is a team that is coming in here on Monday that you ought to put your foot on their throat. And if you really turn in a performance like last night against Central Arkansas, then I think the flags start to go up. Yeah. But I don't expect that. I don't either. I expect them to come out and take care of business against Central Arkansas. Feel better about themselves as we get on the bus and head to Chattanooga uh, after the Thanksgiving holiday.
1: Well, there's nothing worse than getting a blow to your confidence as an athlete. And – When you go out there against this team coming in, the expectations are that you got a better team than they got and you're playing at home. So we need to show them, you know, it's the way the athletes think. And I'm sure they'll play a much better game.
0: Here's what I think is interesting about these preseason polls. So for the A-Sun, Houston, Kentucky and Austin P are now in the A-Sun, okay? After jumping ship from the OVC. Listen to this. In the preseason media poll of the 12 teams, and I told you Central Arkansas is picked last, Austin P is picked next to last. 11th out of 12. But two media members gave them first place votes. But they're picked 11th of 12. And in the coaches poll... Austin Pease picked 8th out of 12, and they got a first-place vote from one of the coaches. <laughs> Who's throwing their votes off there?
1: You can't. How your... in the
0: world, in a 12-team league, can you get picked 11th and get two first-place
1: votes? Can, can you pick for your own team?
0: I mean, do they drug test before they hand out the ballots? Can
1: you pick your own team? No,
0: you cannot pick okay.
1: your own team. Okay, somebody knows the history of the teams better than somebody else. But that's, uh, yeah, I don't see. And maybe
0: Austin P will be good. I don't don't see
1: anybody getting a first place vote that's 11th out of 12. Eastern Eastern
0: Kentucky, by the way, is the preseason favorite in that league, media and coaches' poll, EKU. So uh, everybody expects them to have a good year. So there you go. Austin P,
1: have they slid down the ladder that far?
0: Apparently so.
1: Because, you know, they were always competitive, always.
0: And I mean, in the media poll, they're picked behind Queens. Queens! Raise your hand if you've seen Queens play. North Alabama is ranked way higher than them. Anyway, those are just polls. you got to go out and do it on the court. So we'll see how it goes. But I think it's interesting that Austin Peay's picked 11th out of 12 and got two first-place votes from media members in the media poll. And DeMarcus Sharp, who played at Charleston, is now at Austin P. And he's preseason all conference. Had a big game the other night for Austin P. So um just uh just a little background there. Uh Major League Baseball handed out the uh, Cy Young awards. No just? surprise to us. No Blake Snug got 28 of 30 first-place votes. The other first-place votes went to Logan Webb of San Francisco, finished second. Zach That's now Gallin,
1: second, second Cy Young. Yes. One in each league.
0: He won in 2018 with the Rays. Yeah.
1: so And Zach, Cole, showed a clip on third. MLB of him and his, I guess, his wife. Yes. And he was really, truly excited about that award. That is a great award. I mean, when you single out as the best in a league of 15 teams, every team's got 13 pitchers. You know, um, that's a that's a great honor.
0: And you got to remember when he was with the Houston Astros, 2019, he went 20 and five with a two fifty ERA. Who's this? Garrett Cole. Didn't win it.
1: Gosh, I don't even remember him pitching for the Astros. Um, I know he came up with the pirates. But that's a great record. Twenty and five. Two fifty ERA and didn't win.
0: Led the league with three hundred twenty six strikeouts.
1: That it's amazing. Who won it that year, I wonder?
0: His teammate, Justin Verlander.
1: Oh well, at least it's the Hall of Famer that he lost to.
0: So he hadn't won before. Um, But 15 and four for the Yankees. 263 ERA. Led the league in innings pitched with 209 and finished with 222
1: strikeouts. I remember when he came up as the rookie with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I remember way back then thinking, boy, I wish the Cardinals had this guy because he was a horse. This guy gets you into the eighth or ninth inning, you know, back then. I And mean, I, what it amazed me was, you get in the 7th or 8th inning, a lot of times the pitcher will lose a tick or two off that fastball. Instead of 98 they're throwing 95 maybe. And you get that deep in the game. He was popping the same speed in the 7th or 8th than he was in the 1st. And so I thought, man, this guy got a chance to really be great. And I always wanted the cards to get him. Because back then, you could get anybody from the Pittsburgh Pirates you wanted if if you just dangle something out there. But uh, I don't guess cards were ever interested in him.
0: So Garrett Cole, in his career, his third year with the Pirates, Jesse finished fourth in the Cy Young voting his third year with the pirates 19 and 8 260 era 202 strikeouts in 208 innings that that was right around the time where you were like look at this guy
1: yeah <clears> how <throat> is like stepping in the batter's box against him <laughs> You know, I don't think people realize how good these guys are because they're facing other guys that are just talented as they are in the big leagues. A lot of times when a rookie comes up or somebody that's never faced big league pitching, you can get a glimpse of how tough it is. But uh, to to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, I don't know the breakdown on exact numbers, but... You got less than a second to make up your mind. Is it a ball? Is it a strike? Do I swing? Do I take? That's it, not much time to make a decision and get it, that 32 to 36 inch, 36 ounce bat out there.
0: Is it a slider? Yeah. Is it a changeup? Pitch is recognition. It, a it all ball? goes
1: into the thing. Well, they say hitting the baseball is the toughest thing in sports. I kind of can go along with that. You know, when a guy's got unbelievable slider, great, like Steve Carlton. I remember him when he pitched for the Cards and then later became a Hall of Famer with the Phillies. He had three pitches that were all, like, talk about, you know, plus plus pitches. If a guy is really good, like Gibson had a plus plus cur, uh, slider. Well, Carlton had a plus-plus fastball, slider, and curveball. Now, how do you hit a guy like that? I mean, I think he won, what was it, 27 games for the Phillies one year, and the Phillies lost almost 100 games. When he took the mound, the Phillies were one of the best teams in the league because of him. To step in the batter's box, try to hit a guy like that is... Tough. And Garrett Cole is one of those type of pitchers. Not as good as Carlton, but right up there. Can you imagine what the Cards would have done if they kept Carlton and Gibson together, both in their prime? they had been a couple more world titles probably. And I don't know why, but left-handers always look more
0: Jerry Royce.
1: Stylish. You know, when they're pitching.
0: Jerry Royce was around back then, too.
1: I I heard him. Jerry Royce give the longest speech I ever heard in my life. At the St. Louis Baseball Hall of Fame, my daughters were with me. (laughs) He started out his speech, I'm going to begin this journey when I was four. I thought, whoa, we got a lot of years to get where you're at now. And, Eric, that speech was an hour and a half long. Can You, you ever heard of a, anybody giving a speech for an hour and a half when there's got to be a, at least 10 other speakers? <laughs> In fact, some of the guys that gave speeches that accepted their Hall of Fame plaque remarked that I didn't think I'd ever get up here.
0: So Steve Carlton won four Cy Young Awards, 10 All-Star Games, two World Series titles. In 1972, Steve Carr, now listen to these numbers, okay? 72, they'd already lowered the mound. That happened in 69, when they went to divisions in Major League Baseball. Big changes in 69. 1972, the Philadelphia Phillies won 59 games. Steve Carlton won twenty-seven games. That's the game I was of the fifty-nine. About. But listen to the numbers; he wasn't leaving it to the bullpen. He was twenty-seven and ten. He threw thirty complete games. Thirty. He had a one ninety-seven ERA in seventy-two with twenty-seven wins, three hundred forty-six innings, three hundred ten strikeouts.
1: You could argue... 30 complete games. You could debate that that was the greatest pitching season in modern baseball history, couldn't you? 27, of league, 27
0: won, wins of the 59 that your team yeah, got? Yeah, he
1: won 48% of the games that your team wins. And those numbers, you talk about 300 and some strikeouts. And his earned run average, and 27, and all the complete games... You can debate that point that that was the greatest season by a pitcher in modern-day history. And I I don't think you you might not lose the debate.
0: Well, Gibson won 18 games a year. That he had the 112 ERA. Was that right? 22. Then he won 22 games. So
1: 22 and 9. Also,
0: let's not forget, when Steve Carlton retired, okay, he was 43, retired in 88, 24 years. 4,136 strikeouts. When he retired, he was second to Nolan Ryan in strikeouts of all time. Of all time. Four Cy Youngs.
1: And Gibson in in 68, I don't have the computer running me, of course, but I think he had more complete games than wins. Well, in his career, he had more complete games than wins he won 250 251 strikes me but his complete game bob gibson was more than that it's amazing he
0: never got the 30 complete games like carlton did but twice he got the 28 including in 68 28 complete games 13 shutouts that was the only time in bob gibson's career no 68 and 69, the only years that he threw over 300 innings.
1: Did Gibby ever have 300 strikeouts? I don't remember. Never had
0: 300 strikeouts. Now he had 268 in 68 with his 112 ERA. The next year, 69, he had one more strikeout, 269.
1: And can you imagine him and Carlton on the same team? There'd be two wins if the, nobody would want to start a series, and roll into town with uh, Gibson and Carlton looking at you.
0: Wasn't Jerry, <coughs> wasn't Jerry Royce around back then?
1: Yes, he was.
0: Carlton, Gibson, Royce—really?
1: And I think they had Kurt Simmons, which was a good lefty, not nearly on Carlton's level, but that was a just Gibson and Carlton alone. Makes that a good staff. When you got those complete games, you know, two day, two days out of the week, Bope is not going to pitch, maybe one inning.
0: See, Gussie Bush, nowadays, <clears throat> you would never trade Steve Carlton like they did ever. Never. He wanted more money, so you trade him. That would never happen today. And, you know,
1: they said Steve Carlton was on his way down the hall to take the, take the offer or get the contract signed, and the cards popped the trade. for Rick Wise, pitcher of Philadelphia Phillies, good pitcher, good hitting pitcher, hit two homers in one game, but not nearly on the level of Steve Carlton. You can Carlton. make
0: an argument, top 10 games ever for a pitcher. That game Rick Wise hit two home runs, he pitched a no-hitter in that game.
1: Yeah.
0: Rick Wise, no-hitter and two home runs. I mean, that's, that's hard, to, hard to top that for an individual performance, right? No doubt. And he struck out Pete Rose to end his no-hitter. I wonder if
1: Frank Lane Or no, was, it
0: was a line drive to third off the bat of Rose.
1: I wonder who the GM was when they traded Carlton. Was it Frank Lane? No
0: idea. Did you know that Bob Gibson in 1961, it's hard to believe, led the major leagues in walks, 61. Obviously, he owned his control after that, but you would probably win a bet. Did Bob Gibson ever lead the majors in walks as Blake Snell just did and won a cyan? Anyway, I think that's kind of interesting. All right, so we've got the... And and these these postseason awards, Jess, they are just they've been anticlimactic. I mean, you you kind of had a thought maybe who managers of the year were. We knew the rookies of the is year MVP were going to be MVPs today. MVPs today. Well, that's there is Acuna. there is no there is no drama.
1: No, there's, Acuna, That's no drama in the National League. The is going to win. No that.
0: drama in the American League. It's going to be Otani. That's right. I mean, it, there's there's no drama. Just
1: hand them the trophy, right? Because there's no way. Anybody had any numbers? Now, actually, Freddie Freeman come closer. They got Mookie Betts This his number two prospect to win that. Freddie Freeman had a better year than Mookie Betts. Freeman hit 331. I don't think his home runs match up with Acuna because I think Freddie at 29. But um, no doubt Acuna is going to win that, and he should win it. What do you have? Seventy-two stolen bases. Yep. Gosh, uh, 41, forty-one homers. Oh my goodness! Those are numbers a coach dreams of.
0: It's never been done before. Uh,
1: and what was his batting average? He hit over three hundred, too, didn't he?
0: Mm. Like three thirteen. I'm going to say he was probably right around, right around three hundred, and a
1: good defensive player. You know he's. He's the full pack. If you want to see a 5 2 a player, he'd be a guy to look at, wouldn't he? If you want to tell your, your kid a, what a 5 2 a player is, there he is, right there.
0: Acuna, yeah, he hit 330. No. I'm looking at postseason. 313 no, no, no,
1: kind of no, no. stands out to me. I don't know if that's true or not accurate. He hit 337.
0: Ooh. Yeah. 73 stolen bases. And
1: how many runs did he score? He scored a million runs.
0: 149.
1: Yeah. Look at his production. You put it all together home runs, runs scored, RBIs. And then you get the luxury to go along with it of 72 stolen bases. And can I? A good defender.
0: Can I bring this up?
1: Well, you can bring up anything.
0: For Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Ronald Acuna played in 159 games, bro-Neal, 159. So we see Ali Marmol. I mean, how often is he resting guys, you know, Aronado, Goldschmidt? Let me give you the games played for the Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson, 162. Didn't miss a game. Austin Riley, 159. Ronald Acuna, 159. Ozzie Albies, 148. Marcelo Zuna, 144.
1: Well, basically his nucleus of his team... Every day. ...was on the field every game. Every day. Yeah. Well, that's a big factor. And, you know, nobody can control injuries. But there's a lot of guys play that other guys won't. You know, because they, they don't feel well, there's something wrong. And they will... Want to be on the bench watching, and a lot of guys will go through it and play. And Braves have got a lot of them. But when you play 145 games or more, you can only miss set 17 for the entire year or so.
0: Got some uh, college basketball we'll be watching tonight, including the Mizzou Tigers. You got an afternoon game on ESPN2. You want to watch the St. Louis Billikens? They're going to be in action. And the Mizzou football team, number nine in the college football playoff rankings. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Sports Huddle, SEMO ESPN. It's a Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN, 1220, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online. We're at com. We have college basketball tonight, Jess. The Mizzou Tigers are in action. They are on the road at the University of Minnesota. This will be the first game played outside of Mizzou Arena for the Tigers. who are 2-1. bounce back nicely from their 15-point loss to Memphis. Um... They're a one and a half point favorite at Minnesota, who is two and zero, oh, and both of Minnesota's victories have come at home. Eight PM tonight, Big Ten Network. Get the Big Ten Network.
1: I don't know. Is that another app?
0: Uh, you should. It's part of Charter's or Spectrum's.
1: Well, I know, package. but is it I don't think I do. Big Ten Network. I don't. I don't remember. How about ESPN Plus?
0: Nope. Big Ten Network.
1: Well, I probably can't get it. I got about 250 stations, but that'll be another one that you have to sign on to, add more. Sooner or later, you get tired of it. I'll say this. Spectrum does have a package that they they offered me. They said you you just look through the channels. You pick out your 15 or 18 channels, period, no matter what it is. And that package is a certain amount of money.
0: Get Fubo. That got would Big be Ten That Network. would be the
1: way to go for me is just eliminate a bunch of those channels. Everybody's got, that's got cable, has got a, I'd say, well, at least 30-40% of the channels you never watch. Everybody's got that. But they add them just to get a, I think, get a impressive list of channels you can get.
0: Drop Spectrum, get Fubo, Big 10 Network, ACC Network, SEC Network, ESPN U, ESPN, whatever. It's got they got everything, CBS Sports. I mean, Fubo's got it all. Uh if you want to watch some afternoon hoops, it's the Myrtle Beach Invitational Jess in Conway, South Carolina. The St. Louis who are off to a three and O start. Take on Wyoming today. ESPN two. I know you get that channel. So if you want to watch some afternoon hoops, you can watch the Billikins take are they on any good Wyoming. This year? Uh, the three and I think they're going to be pretty decent in the Atlantic Ten.
1: I used to watch the Billikins, you know, all the time, and uh, I uh, back, way back when he's was in the Missouri Valley Conference. And um, I remember—I don't remember—but Ed McCauley played for Saint Louis. And back in my day, the star of the team was Dick Bushka. He was something else. He got about six, six-five-six-six, I think.
0: I enjoyed watching the Duke Michigan State game the other night, and then Kansas and Kentucky. But I am worn out by Kansas big man Hunter Dickinson. That guy celebrates, gives hand signals on every freaking basket he makes. Calm down. I'm not saying you can't get psyched up, but he is, he poses for the camera. Every basket. Every single basket. Please. Yes, he's one of the best players in the country. I don't know why he left Michigan to come to Kansas, but I am I am I was so sick and tired midway through that game of Dickinson celebrating after every freaking basket team. Anyway, so not a fan. Um so you've got Mizzou tonight, and then on Saturday, Florida Gators come to Columbia and Mizzou. We didn't talk about it Tuesday, but to think that the college football playoff committee moved them up five spots after the win over Tennessee up to nine, that is fantastic.
1: That was an impressive win Absolutely. Tennessee.
0: They're getting some respect right now.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you take a, a way I always look at it is when I coached, I want to know where my strong points were, where my weak points were. And if you look at Mizzou, they got a the best running back maybe in the SEC. I mean, he leads them in yards per game. He's averaging 102 per game before Tennessee game. He didn't increase that a lot. I think he got 116. He ran like for over
0: 200 yards against Tennessee and 100 yards receiving. First player in SEC history.
1: Is that right?
0: Cody Schrader set the SEC record 200 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving. Gosh, I don't
1: remember getting 200 yards.
0: He's the leading rusher in the SEC. Well,
1: I know that. He was averaging 102 before Cincinnati game, so that's got to get a big bump. But anyway, back to my point. You know where your strengths are. And right now, Mizzou, if you stop and think where they're strong, they're really strong in running back. They're really strong and wide receivers. I think their wide receivers pair of Weiss and Burden would stack up against any team. And their, def- team.
0: their defense is getting it done. They held Tennessee to one so, touchdown.
1: There's a lot, lot to look at at Mizzou. If you want to rate them, you, you know, you got a lot of talent there, and uh, I'm glad to see them performing that well because I got a daughter that loves. The goal of those Mizzou games.
0: She just sent a, a note in. They've got tickets for the Mizzou game on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I don't doubt it. Bit. She, so you loves, got, she loves it. You got and Fl- so does her husband, Darren.
0: Florida comes in, and they've lost three in a row. I don't know how, much, how motivated the Florida Gators are going to be on Saturday. Three and four in the SEC. They lost, lost. To Arkansas, Arkansas, who is three and seven, one and six in the SEC, and just got boat raced by Auburn, forty-eight to ten. They lost. Florida lost Arkansas. <laughs> so, uh, Mizzou, big favorite in that game right now. The latest line I see, Mizzou is favored by eleven and a half, and then they'll be. Favored big to go to Arkansas and wrap their season, and Arkans and, and they'll probably fire Arkansas's coach after the game. It's word on the street.
1: Well, Missouri, it's going to be interesting because if they win impressively over Florida and Arkansas, they're going to wind up ten and two, right? Correct. Is that eight and two now. Correct. It's going to be interesting to see where their final rankings wind up
0: and there's a good chance now it's up to the each individual bowl about who they want to invite and so it comes down to how do they believe that you are going to travel how many fans are you going to get there how much money are they going to make but if they're 10 and 2 they make a massive argument to play a New Year's Day bowl game, period. They're number nine in the college football playoff rankings right now. Anyway, so that is a 6.30 game ESPN on Saturday. And again, uh, Mizzou tonight, 8 o'clock, Big Ten Network at Minnesota. And in terms of top 25 college basketball tonight, you got Houston, Sixth-ranked Cougars playing Towson. So, you know, there's not there's not a whole lot of um, delicious college basketball matchups tonight. But you can watch the Billikens at 1, and you can watch Mizzou tonight, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. So, there you go. Let's see if we got any breaking news here before we uh, get out of here.
1: Well, this is breaking news. Kim just texted me that. They're possibly going to the bowl game that Mizzou's in, no matter where, as a Christmas present. So uh, they travel, (laughs) my daughter. Well, both of them love Mizzou sports. And, uh, you know, he's the Cub fan in the family. And then my little granddaughter, my youngest one in the family, she was a Cub fan, but she switched over to Missouri. I mean, uh, Cardinals.
0: And, of course, as we move closer toward the holiday season, Christmas will be here before you know it, the NCAA has played the role of Grinch for years and years and years, and they have denied the postseason waiver requested by James Madison, an undefeated football team. They just moved up to FBS. And so you've got to go through the stupid probationary period. You're not eligible for postseason play. You're not eligible for a bowl game. So they had a waiver denied. They submitted another request for a waiver. That got denied. The NCAA stinks.
1: I used to deal with NCAA a lot on player eligibilities, rules, and stuff like this. You know, it, it, though it was summer ball, it was loaded with Collegiate guys, you know, that had eligibility left. So you got to be careful what you do. And I found out one thing. NCAA is white or black. There is no gray area. There is no negotiations. Whatever's written down as a rule in NCAA, you don't have a chance to challenge it at all. And I guess it's still that way. So you're just going on mute ears. When you try to get anything done, that's not in the actual rules to allow you to do it.
0: So James Madison is ten and zero, six and zero in the Sun Belt. College Game Day for ESPN is going to James Madison Saturday for their game against Appalachian State, but well, they can't play in a bowl game. Jacksonville State got denied. They are seven and three. They're in third place right now in Conference USA. It's two years before you can go to a bowl game. Jacksonville State submitted a waiver like James Madison. Denied. You know, Gamecocks can't go to a bowl. That May be the
1: best two years that you've had in in the last decade that you're denied. Look at this. This
0: probationary period. You're not allowed. It's just. I know. I'm not a fan. All right, Jess. uh, Hello to the uh, radiant and ravishing Dawn Sean. She's tuned in today. And she is resting up. She's got a twelve-hour shift. Well, a she bit.
1: listened yesterday. You said yes, and she actually can come back and listen today. And she was, she puts up with you very well.
0: She was off yesterday, and she was at the. I sho- think she
1: likes me, but I'm was, not so sure that she really wants to hear you
0: out. The Show Me Center last night for Semo basketball.
1: She have an opinion about the game. Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> She, uh, she,
0: her comment was, "Our post players played like powder puffs last night. Need to ooh, tough, need to toughen up." And
1: that's coming from a woman. <laughs> that's what she
0: said. Powder puff. Powder puff. <laughs> <laughs> she wants marshmallow. The, type she of wants guys. the Redhawks to toughen up a little bit. That was her yeah. her statement. Got a final uh, now. It's your final day of the week. You've got uh you got a holiday tomorrow, so you got the day off. We'll be back uh you and I on Monday. Mike Rennick's going to sit in tomorrow for you. Uh so this is your last opportunity to just throw Mike, an, throw a nugget at it.
1: Mike alone? That's it. I thought it took two guys to replace me.
0: Well, uh you know, we're still looking. We're going to the bullpen. We just don't know if uh if we've got any Lefties or righties of animal.
1: Well, I want to say hi to Kim and Columbia and Sheldon. down and actually she lives close to San Antonio, but it's Belverde, Texas. And Neva right here in town. We me and her watched a movie last night. Advice is what we ask for when we already know the answer, but wish we didn't. That's written by Erica Long and that's pretty good, but i think there's a lot of truth in that that you want to give me some advice yeah well i know the answer
0: is that erica e r i k a or e r i c a yeah
1: E-R-I-C-A.
0: yeah she's dead to me that's not how you do it
1: yeah i know erica's e r i k Eric. and erica's E R I C. it's e r i k you know with you so that's right Come you on. just want to be different it's
0: the only way to do it jess uh Enjoy the long weekend, and uh, we'll reconvene on Monday.
1: Sounds good. All
0: right, Sports Huddle back tomorrow. Mike Rennick will be in. Stay tuned. Greeny coming up on ESPN Radio. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody.